Welcome to the Preaching Matters Podcast. My name is Alan Carr and I am your host. Thank you for listening to our episode today. On this podcast, we talk about preaching because we believe preaching matters. And we certainly want our preaching to be better. We want it to glorify God and we want it to be biblical. And so that's what this podcast is about. We talk about all matters related to preaching because we believe preaching matters. So thank you for tuning in today. We're going to get right into the episode, but before we do, let me ask you to go to your favorite podcast directory and leave us a good review. We would appreciate that. Get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. Now, let's talk about preaching because preaching matters. Welcome back to our podcast. Today, we're going to talk about some basic definitions you and I need to understand if we're going to be able to comprehend what we'll talk about in this podcast about preaching and about sermon development. So I want to give you these definitions this morning, and I hope they'll be helpful to you in your sermon preparation, and at least they will help you keep up with what I'm going to say if you're not familiar with these terms. If you are, then just disregard this podcast. I would also point out that what I'm about to tell you will be posted in the show notes. So if you go to our website, you'll be able to read those show notes and have all of this information at hand. So I'm going to try to be helpful to you. Let's begin talking about some of these definitions, which are important for us to understand. First is the word homiletics. Homiletics is a um, word you don't hear a lot, but it's a word preachers practice all the time. We practice the art of homiletics. So what is homiletics? Well, it is the art and science of saying the same thing the text of Scripture says. That is the essence of homiletics. It is an art because you have to take what you learn from the Scripture and you have to put it together in a compelling package which results in a sermon which is relatable to the people who hear you preach. From that sermon, they will be fed, they will be challenged, they will be convicted, some will be converted, and they will grow in their understanding of the Word of God. It is a science because there are certain rules which are applied during the study and preparation of the sermon, which will help you produce better sermons in the end. So literally, homiletics is the science and art of sermon preparation. That is a simple definition. Andrew Blackwood, a great homiletician from years gone by, he said this, and I quote, homiletics is the science of which preaching is the art and the sermon is the finished product, end quote. Homiletics is important, and we're going to be talking all about homiletics as we, as we make this journey together. Now, second definition I want to give you is for the word exegesis, E-X-E-G-E-S-I-S. E-X-E-G-E-S-I-S. It comes from a Greek word which means a narration or an explanation. A narration or an explanation. The noun form of this word does not occur in the New Testament, but the verb form of the word does occur, and it means to lead out of. You can find this in Luke chapter 24, verse 35, John chapter 1, verse 18, and four times in the book of Acts, Acts 10, 8, Acts 15, 12, Acts 15, 14, and Acts 21, 19. But the use of this word in John chapter 1, 18 is of special interest to us, I think. 
because it gives us the essence of what exegesis is all about. In John 1.18, the Bible says, No man has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. The word declared there translates that Greek word exegetomai in its verbal form, and it tells us that Jesus is the exegesis of God. What does that mean? It means that Jesus is the narration, the explanation, the leading out of, of God the Father, so that mankind might understand him. Jesus is so much an explanation or a leading out of who God is that John 14, 9 quotes Jesus as saying, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Jesus is God in human flesh. Thus, he is the exegesis, the narration, the explanation, or the leading out of God to humanity. Now, this is important in our preaching because every time we open our Bibles, we want to exegete the passage. That is, we want to dig into the text and we want to lead out of it what the Bible says. We want to let the Bible say what it says. And thus, preaching boils down, as Dr. John MacArthur said, and I quote, read, explain, end quote. That's what you do. You read the text. You explain the text. Of course, application comes in there as well. But a primary interest to us is that is that idea of getting it right by explaining or narrating or leading out of that text exactly what it says. Very important. Exegesis should stand as the foundation for every sermon we preach. If you do not exegete a text properly, you are not properly preaching the word of God. So, exegesis is of vital importance. So remember that word, exegesis, it will come up. The next definition I'll give you is for the word eisegesis, E-I-S-E-G-E-S-I-S, E-I-S-E-G-E-S-I-S. And this word means the, the exact opposite of exegesis. While exegesis means to lead out of, eisegesis means to lead into. And eisegesis is a practice every preacher should avoid at all costs. You see, our mandate from the Lord in 2 Timothy 4.2 is to preach the word. We're not to change it. We're not to rip a single word out of its context. We are to deal with it just as God gave it, and we are to preach it like it's supposed to be preached. So we should never, ever read into a passage what we want to find there. Let it say what it says. If it messes up something you've been taught your whole life, let it mess it up. If it upsets your apple cart, let your apple cart be upset. If it tips over your sacred cows of tradition and whatever, let it tip those sacred cows over. Tipping sacred cows is one of my favorite pastimes. And to do that, you do not use eisegesis. You do not read into the text what you want it to say but you read out of that text what it already says. So to do this properly, to do proper exegesis, again I say, we must allow the word of God to say what it says. We must never be guilty of reading our own prejudice, opinions, interpretations, or traditions into the text. What you and I think, what you and I have heard, what you and I might believe on a personal level, any prejudices which might guide our sermon preparation must be discarded 
And we must come to the text with an open heart and an open mind so that God can speak. When we practice eisegesis, we're speaking. When we practice exegesis, it allows God to speak through his word. You see, it's not our education. It's not our thoughts. But the Bible, the the word of God says in Hebrews 4.12, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. You see, our opinions, our prejudices, our traditions, our preferences, all those things will die when we do. But the word of God, the Bible says, is settled forever in heaven. And Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Matthew 24, 35. You and I are to preach the word just as it's written on the page. We are not to change it. We're not to read into it. We are simply to let it say what it says, come what may. And I think that is a practice every preacher should get into. So exegesis is good. Eisegesis is terrible. So avoid eisegesis and determine in your heart that you will only practice good exegesis. Okay. Another definition I want to give you is the word hermeneutics. Hermeneutics. H-E-R-M-E-N-E-U-T-I-C-S. H-E-R-M-E-N-E-U-T-I-C-S. Hermeneutics. It may be defined as the science of expounding or interpreting what a passage of scripture says. In its simplest, hermeneutics is the science of biblical interpretation. When you come to a text, you read that text, and you have to interpret the text. This means finding out the authorial intent, that is, getting to the heart of what the Holy Spirit is seeking to communicate in every text you preach. And it is important that we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and allow him to speak. So, hermeneutics are very important. So I encourage you to get you some good literature on hermeneutics. If you've been through Bible college and went through a hermeneutics class and you thought it was the toughest time of your life besides Greek, uh, let me tell you, get those notes back out. Look over them. Refresh yourself on the science of hermeneutics. Now, the the word hermeneutics comes from the Greek word hermeneuo, which means to translate. And it refers to the Greek god Hermes. Now, if you know anything about the Greek pantheon of gods, Hermes was the messenger, the winged-footed messenger who brought the word from the gods on Mount Olympus down to the men on the earth. So he brought the message of the gods to mankind. Now, we don't believe in Greek mythology. Those gods were never real. But in a very literal sense, the preacher who practices good hermeneutics and homiletics functions in the same fashion as did Hermes. You have the power given to you by God through the Holy Scriptures and the Holy Spirit to translate the message of God to mankind. So when you practice good hermeneutics, you are a translator. You are allowing God to speak to those who hear you. So hermeneutics, very important. And as we move through this series, we will be delving into some hermeneutical issues and talking about them. And I promise you right now, you will not agree with all my conclusions, but I will try to be very biblical in the things that I say to you. The final definition I want to give you today is the word sermon. My question would be, have you ever heard a sermon? More importantly, have you ever preached a sermon? What is a sermon? Well, A sermon is the finished product of the processes of exegesis, hermeneutics, and homiletics. You exegete the text, 
You apply the principles of hermeneutics to it. You run it through the homiletical meal, if you, as you were, and you come out with a sermon on the other end. Now, the word sermon comes from a French word, which means a speech or a conversation. In the tradition in which I grew up with, the people tend to talk back to you while you're preaching. They may holler, amen, or glory to God, or hallelujah, that kind of thing. And it is a literal conversation. You're preaching and they're talking. But sometimes you preach to a crowd that is pretty quiet. And that's okay, too. It doesn't mean anything when people holler amen or glory to God or whatever. But you're still having a speech or a conversation. This conversation may be nonverbal on the part of the congregation, but they are talking back to you with their eyes, with their posture, with their attentiveness. And I believe we need to learn how to preach good sermons which initiate a biblical conversation with the congregations to which we preach. And so we're going to talk about, as we move through this, why anything that does not rest upon sound homiletical, hermeneutical, and exegetical practices does not deserve to bear the name sermon. Okay? Some guys get up and preach their sermons, but they don't have any gospel in them. They don't have any exegesis in them. They don't follow hermeneutical principles. They wrest passages out of their context, and they do not follow homiletical guidelines. And I do not believe those messages, or whatever you want to call them, those speeches, deserve to be called sermons. If a sermon is not based upon the Word of God, if it is not exegetically sound, if it is not hermeneutically sound, and if it does not follow at least some rules of homiletics in packaging that material, you don't have a sermon. You have a speech. You have a talk. So we're going to try to overcome that. Our natural tendency is to gravitate toward things that are easy. And I want to tell you right now, sermon preparation is not easy. Exegesis is hard work. Invoking hermeneutical principles is hard work. Homiletics and writing a sermon is hard work. And the lazy do not produce sermons. The lazy produce lessons. The lazy produce speeches. They produce talks. But those who are dedicated to the task wind up with a sermon which initiates that biblical conversation with a congregation. And that's what we're after. So that's what I want to talk to you today about these definitions, homiletics, exegesis, eisegesis, hermeneutics, and sermon. Hope those definitions were helpful to you. Now, come back next week. When we come back next week, we're going to be talking about the primary sermon types and we're going to delve into what is a topical sermon what is a textual sermon and what is an expository sermon if that sounds interesting to you then come back next time and we'll talk about it so thanks for being here let me know what you think the preaching matters podcast at gmail.com is my email address you can reach out to me there you can tell me i'm a hack You can tell me you enjoyed it. You can tell me I'm wasting my time. You can give me advice. You can give me criticism. Or you can ask questions, which I will try to answer on upcoming episodes. Or if it doesn't warrant that, I'll try to answer them personally. But thank you for being with me today. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Be sure and subscribe. Be sure and give us a positive review. We'd love that. Helps us in the algorithm. How algorithm? Here we go again. It helps us in the algorithms 
and this podcast can grow because of what you do to help me there. Most of all, you can pray. Thank you so much. God bless you, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you once again for joining us today on the Preaching Matters Podcast. We'll try to have a new episode out next week, so I encourage you, if you enjoyed the episode or you think someone else would enjoy it, first, I want you to subscribe. And I'd like for you to leave a positive review on the platform of your choice or on several if you choose. And I'd like for you to tell somebody else about it. This is a podcast for preachers. If you are a preacher or know some preacher who might benefit, share the news. God bless you. Thanks for being here. I pray that preaching goes well for you. God blesses you in your work for his glory. Pray for us and Lord willing, we'll see you next week.